You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. Yo, what's going on, everybody? I am... Uh, Jimmy Kemsky and my voice is almost gone uh, from phillyvoice.com. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Gowden of bleedinggreennation.com. It's been a busy couple of days here. The Eagles have been very, very busy, which keeps us very, very busy. Uh, first, they cut down the 53 players. They made some trades. They cut a, a guy that uh, I don't think uh, a lot of people saw coming. Um <laughs> We'll get into it all. I think we'll get to the trades first because that's the new stuff. Then we'll get into, you know, the cutdowns and then we'll talk about the uh the practice squad that they formed after cutdowns. But before we do, Brandon, why don't you tell us about the the greatest meat snacks in the land and whether Jimmy, they're still deeply discounted or not. Well, that's a great question by you, Jimmy. First, I want to say my brain feels like your voice sounds right now. <laughs> Just kind of mush up there. Yeah, uh, definitely uh, fun to go through all the roster stuff, but a lot of work. And I like the work, but I just, you know, not a lot of rest. Um, so uh, it's a fun time of year. Why not celebrate with, why not celebrate people losing their jobs from roster cuts? No. Why not celebrate the start of week one being closer with Righteous Felon Craft Turkey, which Jimmy, yes, Dan Klausner has informed me that Righteous Felon will be extending BGN 20 through September. So that's great news here. Uh, it gives you more time to capitalize on the offer. BGN 20, that's the discount code you want to use at RighteousFelon.com. But Jimmy, there's so much meat to get to into this episode. So why don't we start? Yeah, which trade should trades? we do first? We didn't really do much show prep here. We just kind of jumped right in. Should we don't do Chauncey Gardner-Johnson first or Jalen Rager first? I think Chauncey Gardner Johnson has the juice. Not it's a bigger. Corn. It's a bigger. It's 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 more meaningful to the team's success or lack thereof in 2022. I think so. Yeah. Um, the compensation, first of all, good lord, what are the Saints doing? <laughs> the Saints made a a terrible trade with the Eagles earlier this offseason with the draft pick swaps. Um, the Eagles, you know, getting an extra first round pick, of course, in 2023, and then. How he turns around uh, the day. When, when when did that happen? That happened after final cuts. No. Yeah, after final. No, no, no. I'm sorry. It's before final cuts. Like because they cut uh, Anthony Harris, which came as a surprise for like a hot second before we realized. Oh well, they traded for Chauncey Gardner Johnson, and the trade compensation is a fifth round pick in 2023, and the worst of the Eagles two six round picks in 2024 and the Eagles get a seventh round pick 
in 2025, uh, along with John. Like, was that the sticking point of this trade? By would the Saints not have done that, or would Howie not have done that if he didn't get the seventh round pick in 2025? Didn't <laughs> he kind of do that in the other Saints <laughs> trade too? Did, wasn't there like another throw in like that? I guess Howie just knows he can get Mahilamis to throw in an extra pick, right? So uh, they get a the, the I think the Eagles' biggest concern area, of course, after 53 man cutdowns or leading up to one, really all throughout training camp, was safety. And in Chauncey Gardner Johnson, they get a guy who in Florida, he played what was called the star position, which I've seen described as like a slot corner on steroids, which is basically you're playing slot corner, you're playing some linebacker, you're playing some safety um, gets. He, he was like pretty widely mocked to the Eagles in mock drafts uh, as sort of a Malcolm Jenkins replacement when he mm-hmm. came out of college. And I think the Eagles even brought him in for a pre-draft visit. Um, that's sort of one so. of your uh, brands, the pre-draft visits. That um, sounds right. So he can play a lot of, he's got versatility. He can play a lot of different positions. He mostly played, you have actually, you you put on Twitter the the distribution of snaps where he played yeah. slot versus safety versus wherever. Um, what, what, do you remember offhand what they were? It was 69, nice, in 2019, and then it was like, you know, That's whatever else gets you to 80. Yeah, as free okay. safety specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so po- a possibly ton. a little bit of an adjustment for him going from New Orleans to Philly. Uh, Jonathan Gannon and a lot of uh, other people will tell you that slot corner and safety have a lot of shared responsibilities, those positions. Um, so he will certainly drop down into the slot and and cover uh receivers tight ends etc man-to-man on occasion uh but he's primary role in philadelphia apparently per his agent nick sirianni would not give any hints as to how the eagles plan on using him but there was a tweet by i think somebody either speaking on behalf of his agent or his a- whatever that he was going to primarily be a safety with the eagles which makes sense because they dropped anthony harris <laughs> right before they traded for him so um i think it's a significant upgrade i love him as a player and i love the the attitude that he plays with he is a renowned trash talker there's actually a, a youtube video of him just getting under the skin of opposing players and it's like six or seven minutes long yeah, him not a doing... highlight video, a highlight video of his like <laughs> of his you shenanigans. Know, snack talk. Yeah, grabbing one of his go-to moves apparently is like grabbing a guy's um, mouthpiece out of yeah. his face mask and just stealing it, <laughs> which is which is pretty funny to me. And he got the receiver from the Bears to just Von Wims tee off on take like two swings at him, and he gave him a freebie, so he hit him once, and then he just kind of stood there and looked at him, and they. He took another swing, uh, and then of course there's the uh, the 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 gif or gif or whatever of him, uh, arms folded, getting right up in the face, smiling at at Tom Brady. Um, so yeah, he's going to be a, a a potential fan favorite here as long as he's good. If he plays well, then he's going to be a fan favorite in my opinion uh, in Philadelphia. But a uh, very good trade uh, by Howie Rosen and the Eagles. Literally the first picture I tweeted this, but I'll say it here for those who don't follow me on Twitter or missed it. The first picture I found when I searched Chauncey Gardner Johnson in the BGN article photo like selector was the one of him kicking the Falcons logo. Oh. I'm like, like, <laughs> like really, great. like, could you find a, a better player to be beloved in Philly than this guy right here? Like, imagine if he does 
something like that, which I'm sure he will at some point, like to the Cowboys or their logo. Like people are yeah. going to love that. They're going to eat that up. I, I, I think it's a great trade. It's a no brainer kind of move. I do think there could be somewhat of an adjustment period, you know, moving. I know it's not like safety and nickel or, you know, th- like the difference between the difference between playing like wide receiver and offensive tackle I and mean, it's not that drastic something like that but it's also not like literally the same exact thing completely i think there it's fair to i think say there could be some kind of adjustment period but i'm also not like majorly concerned about it i think it's fair to wonder why the saints were willing to get rid of him right and the contract extension is obviously one thing he's going to be a free agent after this year um and yeah apparently they were like what four million dollars apart but uh and the other reason is like the saints secondary is legitimately loaded they have a lot of good players like more than i more so than i realized it's like marcus may tyron matthew paulson adebo who i really liked in the draft mm-hmm. last year marshawn Lattimore, bradley roby's like a backup for them i feel like bradley roby's like a starting caliber corner mm-hmm. they also have pj williams like they're they're loaded and they also have i think another rookie that they like a lot so they did have legitimate depth there but when they're like in this delusional all-in year where they're trying seemingly to win, they're a worse team without John C. Gardner Johnson. Right, it's even, weird. Yeah. Even like, let's say the talent part is uh, negligible. Okay, but like what that guy brings from an attitude perspective, like don't you think you want that on your team? That gives you an edge? Now, apparently, I saw there was some reporting by uh, Nick Underhill, who's a Saints reporter, that you know, there was issues in practice, like getting into fights or whatever, or not like basically doing what the coaches told him. And so, you know, I, you do have to think, okay, why did the Saints get rid of him for so cheap? I think part of it is they're dumb, clearly. I think that that's absolutely <laughs> a factor. But there's other factors at play. Uh, overall, you do the trade because you gave up nothing for him. You gave up so little uh, in 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 hopes of getting like a, a good size reward like worst case scenario it doesn't work out and you just don't resign him right like you just don't resign him after yeah. the season and you didn't really give up a ton so i don't think there's like a ton of downside here uh it's a big move they needed to get help in the secondary at safety specifically anthony harris was not an inspiring starter uh chauncey gardner johnson makes place did you say how many pass breakups he's had and since he, I know he it, was a, the NFL? it was a, it was a nice number. I don't, it's like I don't 28. remember. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's a yeah. lot. Yeah. And he also has what, like three picks or, or six picks. I forget the amount of picks, but the point is he has a lot of ball production. He's going to make plays mm-hmm. and uh, it's a good addition. Him and Marcus Epps. I think it's a nice starting safety duo. Yeah. And I think like when you look at the Eagles offense, we've talked about how, you know, if you put a smaller slot corner out there, uh, to cover, um, you can bully him with Zach Pascal, mm-hmm. and if you put a more physical slot corner out there, good chance that guy can't stick with Quez Watkins down the field. The Eagles now have two different kinds of slot corners that they can put out there, and Avante Maddox, who can, who's got the athleticism, the short area quickness that can maybe handle with the handle the, uh, um, you know, the the sudden, you know, shifty slot receivers and. And you have Chauncey Gardner Johnson, who's you know a lot more physical type of corner. He's not big, uh, tall. He's not tall anyway. He's he's mm-hmm. a little thicker than than Avante Maddox, but uh, is more physical player in my opinion than Avante Maddox, and and you know isn't going to be bullied by. Uh, not that not that I'm saying Avante Maddox gets bullied, but uh, is is you know more adept at, at handling uh, sort of those those bigger receivers uh, out of the slot. So it's just another guy that, that can cover and you can't have too many of those really. So, uh, you know, they, they get a guy with, 
with uh, cornerback skills who they're going to try to play at safety, presumably. And again, we'll see how quickly he's able to learn the defense and if he'll start play, how much he'll play, you know, week one, for example, uh, in Detroit. Uh, but certainly he, he makes this defense better. Jonathan Gannon has no excuses for this not to be like a top. <laughs> yes. What did we say? Top eight, like top quarter. They, they to should be top, top quarter. They the should be top quarter defense. of the league. I agree. Yeah. If this defense finishes like, you know, let's just say 16th. Like it's just fine. Like that's such a disappointment. It's not good enough. Like, that's that's yeah. a failure. That's a big failure. Like in, in a vacuum, it maybe doesn't look that way. Like without the con- like the context of the talent. It's like, oh, defense wasn't terrible. No, yeah. not good enough. This defense needs to be good, like really good. Uh, there's too much talent on the roster and why don't we touch on that a little bit like howie roseman is crushing it right now he literally just tweeted a gift jimmy of him <laughs> doing a uh gymnastics thing is the best way i can describe it it's the vault. you yeah okay yeah it's the vault. Uh, um he's crushing it right now i had actually planned on doing that for a while but that was really going to be more used for like anytime he restructured somebody it was going to be like uh <laughs> Uh, salary cap gymnastics was kind of going to be like the, the theme of that, but I thought, you know what? I could use this here too for his off season that he's had. So uh, yeah, that was a uh, fun to post. <laughs> they're not that fun to make because they take a long time and they're very te- tedious, <laughs> but, I, but they're fun to, they're fun to put up when, when they're done and, and, uh, and, and watch them kind of along the way. Some of them, sometimes they make me laugh, but uh, yeah. Uh, Howie Roseman has, absolutely crushed it this offseason um, with the acquisitions that he's made both uh, in terms of the draft. Uh, I mean, that's a projection too. We don't know how well Jordan Davis and, and Nicobe Dean and, and Cam Jurgens are going to play when the, when the games really matter. But I think that what we've seen in training camp and preseason games of those guys so far is a positive. And then, you know, getting AJ Brown and Kaiser white and James Bradbury and uh, who am I missing here? Uh, Zach Pascal. Uh, Jordan Davis, Jacoby Dean. Who else on defense am I missing here? Uh, Reddick. Reddick, of course. <laughs> Reddick was like their primary free agent mm-hmm. signing, and I forgot him. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, they just, they've added so much talent this offseason. And in the same way that, you know, Jalen Hurts has pressure to perform with the pieces that he has around him, the great offensive line, the improvement at the skill positions, um, the, I think even more so, yeah. uh, Jonathan Gannon is under pressure to, I mean, he's got a lot on the line, too. That guy wants to be a head coach. And I imagine that So it was weird to me and you that he got so many that he got three job interviews, despite really not putting a great product on the field last year. It was really just sort of on the idea that he connects well with people and and whatever else. Um, so it's not going to cut it, I would imagine, for other teams around the league if he has two straight years where the his defensive unit kind of underperforms. So uh, it's all there for him. He's got a lot of different players with, with talent and varying skill sets at that. And it'll be kind of a juggling act to figure out how he can use all these guys um, to maximize their skill sets and, and what they do well. Um, so it's not an easy job necessarily, but it's one that you would expect, uh, you know, him to be able to put together. Because again, the, the talent that that has been assembled for him is 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 legitimately good. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of different things they can do in terms of ways they can line up, you know, coverages, uh, fronts, all of that. And I think that's been the goal clearly is to kind of you know do different things as opposed to just be like 
here's what we do. We'll line up this way. We'll, you know, and like Jim Schwartz, basically. <laughs> That's what I'm saying for the most part. Um, although, again, I, I'm not saying that to disrespect Jim Schwartz because I am a Jim Schwartz truther in many ways. But uh, I do think there's a balance between doing that and getting creative at times. You don't want to overthink it. And that's what I'm worried. That's what I worry about with Gannon. But I think there is enough here to be versatile and multiple and creative in the right way. And hopefully he kind of uh, finds the balance between that, between, you know, sticking to what they do well and then um, mixing things in there and getting creative at times. So, uh, yeah, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is an eagle. That's very exciting. Just the timing of the year, like to get a player of that caliber like right now, mm-hmm. like that's, it's unexpected. And it's also like, if you weren't already juiced up, like how could you not be? Right. Like, there's there's a lot of juice here going on, and I think that's a fun part of it too. Wearing number twenty three, that's a that's a strong choice, Jimmy. I feel like is that what a he jersey was in number, college, by the way. It is what he was okay. in college. He had twenty two with the Saints. Twenty three is a strong selection for him. He gets that with Jaquaski Tart getting cut. Right. That number freeing up. Uh, so good vibes all the way around when it comes to Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Why don't we get into the other trade the Eagles yeah, made? So the one way that we can segue into that is we give credit to Howie for the offseason that he had. And like a lot of those things, you know, full credit for mm-hmm. a lot of the moves that he made this year. And then there are some half credit moves that he that he gets this year <laughs> where, okay, he made nice moves, but he put the team in the bad situation to begin with. And right. exhibit A of that was you know, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, who he, I mean, they didn't really get much in return, but that they got anything in, in return anything, for him. Anything, anything was a win. <laughs> was a win. And then, of course, he trades Jalen Rager today uh, to the Minnesota Vikings for, <laughs> it's, it was, first of all, it's crazy that J.J. gets traded to the team that D.K. Metcalf is on, and then Jalen Rager gets traded I, to the team that Justin Jefferson is on. I think that's insane, Jimmy. Like, from a standpoint of, wouldn't you be, to me, in my mind, I'm like, if I'm that team, if I'm the Seahawks or the Vikings, aren't you like, glad we didn't take that guy? You know, like, wouldn't you, like, think like that? (laughs) Right. Not like, hey, let's get him. Like, that's so weird. I know the costs were lower, obviously, but that's just such a weird mindset to me. At least with the Vikings, it's a different regime. They didn't draft that 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 regime didn't draft Justin Jefferson. They weren't there for the for to they weren't they weren't there to laugh with Mike Zimmer <laughs> when the Eagles took Jalen Rager instead of Justin Jefferson. Um, but anyway, he goes to uh, the Vikings. The tr- trade compensation was what they got. Uh, the Eagles twenty twenty three seventh round pick. Yeah, and then this is the phrasing of it. This isn't my phrasing. This is yeah. the phrasing that was reported <laughs> by Adam Schefter. A twenty twenty four fourth round pick that can de-escalate to a fifth round pick. <laughs> so you know to... who you know who gave that to Schefter then by that <laughs> phrasing uh, hint it was the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Um so I think more I think the the more accepted way of, of phrasing that is it's a fifth round pick at a minimum can be a four if the he has right. whatever we don't know what the benchmarks are yet statistically. You got to uh, plan for the worst. You have to assume the worst there. You assume you're getting the the least. Yeah I think you say what you're definitely getting. Right, that's and then what I mean. it can be this. It's not. It, yes, it'll be this. But if he doesn't do this, then it, quote unquote, de-escalates, <laughs> de-escalates. C- come on, <laughs> come on, man. Well, they did that with the. They did that with the just go, I'm not. Year. I'm not carrying that water for you. Um, mm-hmm. Let me just say a five. That can become a. Do I really have to say a four that can de-escalate <laughs> to a five? Can I just say that Eagles? Come on. But regardless of the phrasing, I mean, amazing return. I 
if the Eagles got a 2023 seventh for Jalen Rager only from the Vikings, sign me up. I would take yeah. that. Of course. Why not? I mean, it's not just about the picks, which I think are, and obviously, again, yes, if you're bringing this up in the context of um, was Rigger a good pick in the first place? No, obviously not. And not just from a hindsight perspective, too. I think this is very important to point out. And it, it, like this idea, because I've seen some people be like, oh, sometimes draft picks don't work out. No, that is not an acceptable explanation mm-hmm. to the Jalen Rigger pick not working out. It was very clear that Justin Jefferson was a better bet. There was no guarantee that he would have been as good as he was, I think. But he, on paper, there are many reasons to believe, like, okay, let me put my chips on this guy as opposed to Rager, where there were a lot of red flags and everyone dismissed them very easily. And we said that at the, at the time. We are like, there's a little too much hand-waving away of the mm-hmm. concerns with Rager and whatever. It's not about, like, taking the credit for it now as much as it is, like, I wanted to reiterate that draft picks can be graded on the spot in terms of like grading the process mm-hmm. and the decision-making that went into it. And that was a very poor process that led to the Jalen Rager pick and to Howie's credit, giving him credit now. I think maybe they learned from that a little bit, or at least I would hope they would. And obviously they've made better moves since then. But yeah, that was a really bad pick. But under the context that he was a disaster and harmful to the team, like we've talked about before, whereas JJ was kind of just invisible and at least then kind of became a, a decent special teams player slash mm-hmm. blocking receiver, like didn't kill you, but could actually kind of give you something. Rager provided negative value. Like he hurt, he made the team actively, they were a worse team with him on the field and a lot of big negative, bad plays like the, but the ball went his way. Bad things happened. Yes. And he's gone now. So just by that alone, I think is an upgrade. Just the, it's, it's a literal case of addition by subtraction. And then you clear up a roster spot, which is nice. Now you can keep a different player. Mm-hmm. And you clear his 1.2. It was uh, guaranteed yeah. salary at yeah. both this year and next year. Next year is even more important because it's it's a it's a bigger number in his final sure. year. So you get rid of him, you get rid of that completely. But for this year, yeah, you, you clear up one is his salary this season. And um so you open up a little bit of cap space. Like it's just a win all the way around to me. It's a no-brainer move. There is no I mean, this idea, like any, I don't think people have this idea, but any kind of idea that Jalen Rager is going to turn his career around in a big way. I mean, even if he is, it wasn't going to happen here. He's going to be wide receiver five. Everyone would have to get hurt basically for him to, you know, have that opportunity and just not likely at all. I think it's possible. He goes to Minnesota, fresh start. Expectations are low there for him. He kind of returns punts. He's fine at it. He gets some rotational snaps. He's, okay i think that's like the realistic best case scenario left for him i don't think there's any way the eagles are regretting this trade at all it's like the kill a cow tweet where like uh people are always arguing against things that people are arguing against things that don't exist like uh the i forget how we worded it but the stephen stephen curry not not being a great shooter (laughs) yeah but i was told uh, steph curry couldn't shoot (laughs) <laughs> right, right. I was told Jalen Rager was going to go to Minnesota and get two thousand receiving yards. <laughs> um, that trade actually reminds me a little bit of the Eric Rowe trade, by the way, in 2016. In that the deal didn't get done before the Eagles had to cut down to 53. I think maybe they had to prove to other teams around the league that they were going to keep him instead of cut him, and they proved that by keeping him on the roster instead of keeping a different player 
when they cut down to 53 and then thereafter they make the trade uh with the vikings so um yeah i, I thought they were uh, that was never a doubt to me that they were that they were never going to cut him in my mind uh because of the cap hit involved and he wasn't any he, he wasn't you know it's, was Deion Kane really that much better than like, is Deion Kane going to change your season if you keep him instead of uh, a Jalen Rager? So um, it's a good job uh, by how he's scrambling. Uh, you know, he hit a, a ball deep into the woods, scrambled, saved a bogey, or uh, maybe a double safe, double bogey, maybe um, on, on with this whole Jalen Rager from start to finish deal. Um, but yeah, terrible pick but at least they get something out of it in the end when other teams around the league may have just cut that guy. Yeah, definitely salvaged some of his value and more than I thought he could. So credit to Howie again for doing that. Um, I guess we should talk real quick, like what are the Eagles to do at wide receiver now? I mean, I guess we can get into that, into the roster. We'll take a break here and then we'll get into some of like, what are the Eagles do now that they may have four wide receivers and no clear established punt returner Yeah, for sure. Um, so we'll take a break here, but not before you hear quickly again about Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. Go to RighteousFelon.com. Use discount code BGN20 for 20% off your order. You have from now until the end of September. That's it. I don't think it's getting extended beyond that. So I would still act fast because you don't want to forget and put it off. And the season's right around the corner here, Jimmy. So you're going to want some snacks for your tailgate or uh, hanging out and watching the game on the couch. Do you have news here? Are you looking? No. Okay. <laughs> no. I thought maybe, okay. but no. <laughs> All right. Well, Jimmy, then we will be back after this. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, Trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. 
That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Back here on BGN Radio. Jimmy, why don't we get... Why don't we start with the receiver since we we just talked about him a minute ago. They have Britton Covey, Deion Kane, and... Who am I missing? Devin Allen. Devin Allen all got cut. Of course, they all did. None of them got claimed. They're all back on the practice squad. Um, I think Dion Kane is probably the most likely guy to get called up if they need a receiver in the regular offense. I think Britton Covey is the most likely player to be called up if they don't add a punt slash kick returner between now and the start of the season. And now that they've traded Jalen Rager, they have traded their number one punt returner. By the way, did you see the, uh, I think it was a Minnesota guy on Twitter. <laughs> he yes. said, he said, well, now that, now that the Vikings have traded for Rager, they don't, they, they don't have to, they, they don't have to sweat out him. Like the punt returner, at least fielding the ball. Mm. <laughs> like Every reply is Whoops. Eagle fans gone. I don't know about that one. Um, anyway, uh, and then uh, Britton Covey is not, get, or excuse me, not Britton Covey. Um, De- Devin Allen isn't getting called up anytime soon, but maybe the most intriguing of the three guys that can continue his development behind the scenes. Um, but, you know, not going to play any game anytime soon, I would imagine. Um, receiving core is only four deep now that they've traded Rager. Uh, what do you think about them just adding Britton? Because they have an open roster spot after having uh released well they released uh Davion Taylor hmm. to make room for the um Ian Book. the claiming of Ian Book and then of course they trade Rager so they have 52 players on the roster right now they have an open spot they could just call up Britton Covey theoretically although they may have already they probably would have already done that but I guess there's no rush in doing that if he's already on your practice squad. Um so yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do to fill that open spot, whether that'll be a receiver or something else. I don't necessarily think they have to add a fifth receiver until it's necessary because you got all three of your guys back on the practice squad. You're probably not going to have more than four active on game day anyway. They probably just sit tight, and then if they need uh, to call up Covey, I mean, how many call-ups do they get per practice squad guy? Is it, is it three before they it increased have to... from two to three this year? Okay, so on the, after the third time, then they have to go through waivers Correct. before you can add them back to the practice squad again. Mm-hmm. So they could do that for a little while in case they don't add a kick or punt returner or whatever. Um, but what did you have any other takeaways at the wide receiver position in, as far as the cuts go? Yeah, I mean, the, I think it's fine for now to keep the top four, and, and maybe they, they bump up Covey just because maybe they think his uh, returning you know skill is valuable enough to keep him there and don't want him to get poached or whatever. I mean, I don't think Covey really did enough to make the roster. Uh, I thought he did enough to yeah. make the practice squad. Seems like more of a practice squad kind of player from what we saw. Didn't have the biggest sample of just getting him to see him like return punts, you know, limited sample size in the preseason. And he's again, he's probably their best option at that now. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess I would expect him to be the guy unless, again, they add someone. That feels like a spot where you, in theory you could be able to add someone right 
looked at cornerback or running back or whatever. Mm-hmm. So maybe they get cut, and, but like because that team already has a returner. Yeah, so Jimmy, the Eagles added a third quarterback. By the way, I guess that really quickly, I, speaking of things I should mention before things I should mention, you you beat everyone, Jimmy. You won oh, yes. the roster, 53-man roster prediction challenge. I was right behind you. I had 50. You had 51. Great job by you. Yeah, I remember you. when we did our predict our prediction mm-hmm. post, we only had one difference. And you had what? Uh, you I had Sachere. Sachere. <laughs> and, uh, and who did you not have on because of that read well i had Blankenship? 51 so i missed out on you didn't have read uh, Blankenship, right yeah right i thought he should make the team to be clear but yeah i didn't think they would do that because uh i thought they would keep cave on loss and they did although they shouldn't have um congrats to you you went on another podcast to celebrate your win <laughs> you didn't mention the name of this podcast so bad job by you uh, to get yeah. to, to, to miss out on the free plug oops um but it's all right uh, i think anyone listening to birds with friends also probably mostly listens to us and vice versa hmm. never heard of it uh <laughs> no they're great obviously um yeah ian book the eagles claimed ian book i think you and i were in lockstep on Eagles having three quarterbacks. Yes. Like we said, I think I specifically said, even if they don't keep Reed Sinet, probably going to look to add another quarterback at right. some point. And sure enough, they did. And Ian Book, the book on him, if you will, is that he was a fourth round pick by the Saints last year, mm-hmm. is the all time winningest quarterback at Notre Dame. He was 30 and five as a starter for there, there for whatever that's worth. I would never think that. That would because Notre Dame had, you know, has a long history of winning. Yeah, for him to be the winningest quarterback there is, I didn't, I didn't even know that that was, a, I didn't even know that, that was a stat, by the way, mm-hmm. until you well, just said that. Now I taught you um, something today, Jimmy. There you um, go. He, you know, he was a he was a good starter for them. He ended up getting picked in the fourth round. The book on him, like smaller, doesn't have prototypical NFL size for a quarterback. Mm-hmm. I almost think he's kind of like a poor man's Dylan Hurts, basically, is my read on him. Like he has, like, it's all the intangible stuff you hear about him. Like mm-hmm. that's all there. Um, but and he and he has m- mobile ability, but he's just not doesn't have the fit like the tools. Really Arm to strength be, is a is yeah, a concern too to be a great passer. But I think he can kind of give you. Um, you know, some of what Jalen Hurts does stylistically a little mm-hmm. bit. Obviously, again, a poor man's version of that. Uh, he was really bad when he had to play. I remember watching that game for the Saints against the Dolphins last year. It was like on Monday right. Night Football, and he, he stunk. He was like 12 of 20 through zero touchdowns, two picks. Just looked overmatched out there. So I'm not surprised. Was that the game where it was kind of a debate on whether you yeah, – right. It was, a, it was kind of a debate on who you wanted to win. Better yes. draft pick if the Dolphins lose. Yeah. Or more likely to make the playoffs if mm-hmm. the Saints lose. Yeah, and the Dolphins won that game twenty to three. Saints couldn't get anything going offensively. Uh, I don't think he's like the most intriguing third quarterback ever. Developmental guy. Uh, I think he's twenty four. Like, I think he kind of might be is what he is. But I mean, I think it's possible that again with Minshew being a free agent after this season, he moves on, and maybe Book comes in. He. Uh, is a good fit for this team for whatever reason. And he be, ends up being your quarterback too next year. Like that's obviously the, the realistic best case scenario. It's also here's, possible, very possible. He just gets cut. Yeah. Here's where I think he makes sense for one season here um, as your QB three. 
like you said, he has a lot of the same uh, traits, uh, even the even the like the good traits that he has that sh- he shares with Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is still like way better. <laughs> like he's Jalen Hurts is way better runner. He's got a better arm. Uh, I don't know about accuracy. I, I I can't claim to have watched a lot of Ian Book. Um, There's a thing in this scouting report regarding accuracy that I was reading that was like made receivers make tougher catches than they had. Yeah. To, so okay. Not great. Um, RPOs. He'll be able to run those. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he makes sense in that you don't like. So you lose Jalen Hurts. You lose Gardner Minshew for whatever reason. He comes in and you don't have to change your offense all that much, which is kind of what you're looking for from your third quarterback, I guess. You don't want to change your offense around while also playing a guy that's really not that good. So at least if he's not going to be good, at least stylistically, he can be the same as your QB one and you have to change your offense for him. Um, And he can maybe win a game for you against some of these terrible teams on your schedule. So like I can, I can, I can kind of like understand the thought process on, on bringing him in. Interesting that he was a fourth round pick. It looks like uh, he was rated lower than that. Might've been a little bit of a reach uh, Mm -hmm. by the saints when they took him in the fourth round. And sure enough, they cut him, you know, into his in his second off season with the team, he was a draft yeah. pick in twenty twenty one. So that's and not they're not great. exactly like loaded at quarterback in New Orleans. <laughs> yeah, right. So uh, I don't know. We'll see. We won't get a look at him, like because we're not allowed to practice anymore. So mm-hmm. this is sort of like a Reed Sinet sitch where they add a guy and we never get to see him. Or Minshew, uh, really even. But in the in the, in the COVID era, I think a third quarterback is more necessary than it was in the past, and. um I've mentioned this on the podcast, but by, but by my count, 11 teams had to dip into their third quarterback last year, including the Saints with Ian Book. So, you know, that's more than a third of the league. So you kind of have to plan for that contingency. It's just one roster spot. So if, you know, he's going to be inactive every week as long as your top two guys are up. And if both guys aren't up and he's active, well, you need like a third quarterback anyway. So, yeah, I'm I'm fine with uh with them taking him. Um, I, I saw some some people not super thrilled about uh, that addition of him by the waiver wire, but uh, I don't know what else was available. So uh, I mean that that was probably the best of of what was available. And uh, the Eagles bring their Eagles were 19th in the waiver order, so 18 teams did not have interest in him. We'll see how it goes. And you're frozen again, I think. All right, Richelle, you can probably keep this in. And listeners, you're hearing this. This has been a very <laughs> wonky episode. My connection is awful. Uh, I don't, I'm so tired. I can't, so we can't start it over. And I have a hard out at, at <laughs> 7 o'clock p.m. here anyway. It's just not going to work. So we're just going to power through this. And it might sound choppy and bad. And there might be some parts that kind of cut off abruptly. So I'm sorry for that. Um, but we're doing our best here, uh, trying to make okay. this happen as soon as we can, too. So if we wait, then it's more of a delay. And it's, all right. So we're, we're doing why our best. Why don't we do this? Why don't we go rapid fire? Uh, we'll just take one, we'll pick one position, like w- whatever position you want. We'll take mm-hmm. it, sum it up in 30 seconds to a minute, and then boom, next person's up. Ready? Okay. You go. Uh, I say the position or the... You say the position and then you talk about it for 30 seconds to a minute, and then okay. I'll move so, on to the next position. Whatever um, position you want. Oh man, this is tough. And then go next to... when you're done. This is a good activity, but I'm just so unprepared to do it. <laughs> my, again, my brain is... All right, scared. I'll go first. Linebacker. Yeah, you go first. Uh, okay. linebacker, of course, they keep uh TJ Edwards, uh, no brainer, Kaiser White, good camp. 
Nicobe Dean might be a little bit until he is, you know, sort of a factor in this defense. And then Sean Bradley, I actually think he could be decent in the regular defense if he got more opportunities, but certainly he's aboard because of his special teams ability. And then they cut Davion Taylor, which mm. surprise move, sort of. Um, he was terrible, like flat, terrible in the second preseason game against this the Browns. And then, and then also not great um, in the third game. All right, friends, we are having technical difficulties that uh, don't seem like they're getting solved tonight. It's 630 here in the PM on what is today anyway? Wednesday, August 31st. Yeah. So Brandon's got a heart out at seven. We're just going to cut this podcast here. And uh, on the next one, we'll come back and we'll further analyze the Eagles finalized 53 man roster. But we got through the trades of Chauncey Gardner, Johnson, Jalen Rager. Those are the two most important things. Uh, but we'll come back. We'll talk a little bit more about uh, the release of Davion Taylor and anything else that was relevant uh, from cut down to practice squad and all that stuff, too. We'll get to uh, but we're going to cut it here. Our apologies. We still love you. It's you. It's us. It's, it's, it's me. It's Brandon. It's not you. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> Uh, talk to you soon. Goodbye, everybody. P-G-N. From data privacy to the future of TV, retail media, and beyond, the world of digital marketing is constantly in flux. So how can you keep up? Well, The Current Report is there for you. Each week, marketing leaders on the cutting edge give you the latest insight. So if it's creating a buzz, they'll be talking about it. Subscribe to The Current Report wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.